three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, I'm Roberta Glass, and you're listening to my True Crime Report. Today, Ghislaine Maxwell got arrested, and to speak with me uh, about uh, the arrest, the indictment from the Southern District of New York, is the great uh, William Ramsey of William Ramsey Investigates. Welcome. Roberta, thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for talking to me about this. So, were you surprised by this news? Very. I was very surprised. I was actually like uh, low-level shocked because I figured that she skirted and, and wouldn't be as unwise as to remain in the United States. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, she was sending out... The last thing we heard was that she was in Paris. And I, I know that um, Eric Weinstein was asking, well, why aren't they looking at her passports? Why, are, why aren't they really following... Um, where she's going why hasn't she been arrested and the the public pressure is, is i think has a lot to do with this arrest i mean I that's just my, my feeling i think that that they were looking at epstein either to take the fall either by being murdered or or going solo and 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 being tried as a solo like solo person and instead the public will not forget it and you know if you just look at twitter there were demanding constantly that she be arrested where is she and um she was so much a part of this that you you really can't separate them what surprised me about the indictment was that they call it i think they called it a prelude to epstein's indictment so the time is 1994 to 1997 right so what's your take on that i think it's remarkable because i think that their long-term behavior reached up all the way to when Epstein was arrested, I think, in 2007 or 2006. And then even after that, they're seen together. So uh, only for them to have this enough inf- uh, evidence to arrest for actions that took place that long ago is remarkable. And it, like you said, I mean, this is, pro- this is pro- there'll probably be superseding indictments after this, I suspect, depending upon what transpires with this case. But... Uh, it is it is really something that that's all they really had. <laughs> There's so much more information of her trafficking some of these other girls and things like that up into the time Epstein was arrested, uh, the first time. That's my take, is that they're throwing out this indictment, which is fairly mild, I thought. I thought. And um, I'm going to go through the six counts um, in a second, but I think what they're doing is they're seeing if she'll cooperate Right. And and if not, they're going to throw on, just like they did in the Nexium case, they'll throw on a superseding indictment and they'll just keep throwing on charges because this is just from 19. So count one is conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Uh, count two is enticement of minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Uh, conspiracy to transport minors with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Count four, transportation of a minor with intent to engage in a criminal sexual activity. And count five is perjury, and count six is perjury. Right. But it's interesting, too, because you talk about time frames. The 
you know, stu- information's from 94 to 97, but these two perjury charges are regarding her deposition that she made on July 22nd, 2016. It doesn't mention the name, but I'm pretty sure that that is involved in the Jufre Maxwell litigation, defamation litigation that was taking place. So uh, the Southern District in New York saying that she's knowingly making false material declarations. So she uh, that she's in trouble. Yeah, the most shocking thing was the perjury for for me that that she went so far and, and big with the perjury. I've never I've never given a massage. I've never right. uh, I've never seen any underage girls around Epstein. The only one is the person we're talking about, and that's why I think it's Jufrey because she mentions the age, which is seventeen, which right. would match up, and the lawsuit would match up with Jufrey. Exactly. And, and um, you know, I, I've never. Uh, God, I mean, just just so so bold. It's brazen, right? Because I mean, if you look at the Epstein, what happened with the Epstein case? You know, with the, one of the main issues was the issue about uh, Crime Victims Rights Act, right? That was it the CVRA mm-hmm. or whatever. And when those when the judge allowed all those girls to come in and make a statement after Epstein died, you know, they they had the statements of all of these women. That uh, never made it to court, but there were like 20, 25 at least saying the same story. So for her to say that that didn't happen when most of those girls who were young girls at the time were saying that she was involved or she was the one who procured them. um, Yeah, her statements under the deposition were not wise, certainly. It is such a great example as to why people avoid being deposed who are guilty. Because yes. there's, I mean, either you get trapped in a detail, or it comes back to haunt you, or it, you know, it's just, it's, right. it's just such a. I mean, she didn't even go with the I don't recall or I can't remember. I mean, that's usually right. the yes. the way they go. Exactly. I can't remember. I thought she would have amnesia, but she just straight up denied everything. And um, Christina Oxenberg, Catherine Oxenberg's sister, was interviewed, and she said that um, Maxwell was very proud of her her relationship with Epstein, that she, sort of uh, unrepentant, proud, brazen about her, her procurement of underage girls and told, according to um, Christina Oxenberg, told her, well, um, Epstein has a, has a big sex drive and he needs to have sex three times a day, so he needs a lot of women. Yeah, but I mean that's her story that she's telling that. There's a lot more, I mean, information. I mean, I think that they, those two, were kind of like uh, involved in the whole trafficking thing, and they would. That's how they broke them in. You know, that's how they got them to be trafficked out. Was they were the ones who were initially the abusers, right? And then they sent them out to be abused. And that's pretty remarkable too, because you find out in this Maxwell detention memo how wealthy she was because she did pay she did right. settle the case with Jufre. Uh now Jufre is suing Dershowitz, which that is an ongoing litigation. Uh but um they said that I mean they said she had fifteen accounts, some with the amounts of twenty million dollars. So uh and that was just filed, I think today. So yeah, July second. So um pretty remarkable that that uh, that never really came out in that litigation. Maybe it was going to come out in, if she didn't settle. But uh, Jelaine Maxwell is very wealthy. Can you talk um, a little bit about um, the other document? It's called the... The government's Which... memorandum in support of t- detention. So Thank they arrested you. her this morning, and then the government filed this. Uh, and actually, James Comey, the former FBI director's daughter, was signed on this, Maureen Comey. But it's basically the argument as to why she should not be granted bail. And uh, they write here, it says, poses an extreme risk of flight. She will not be able to rebut the statutory presumption that no condition or combination of conditions will reasonably assure the appearance of the defendant as required. And the court should therefore order her detained. So they just don't even want a bail set. Um, And they they mention a lot of stuff. Uh, They mention that... She has three passports, large sums of money, and extensive international connections, all things that 
the evidence shows true. So uh, they write, there's absolutely no reason to stay in the United to stay in the United States and face the possibility of a lengthy prison sentence. So uh, that memo was filed today. Yeah. So when they say three passports, they don't mean, do they mean three passports like Epstein had with different different names on them? Or they I'm all not have sure. Name on them? I, don't, I don't know. I don't know her. I mean, I know that she spent a lot of time in England, so she probably has a UK passport, meaning a, a at least before Brexit, that means she has an EU passport. And maybe she has a U.S. passport. So I, I don't know. I don't know which passports those are. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, and they talked about her getting packages delivered. So I guess she would pretend like it was a gift and put another person's name on it and send it to her own Bedford, New Hampshire address. And her phone was listed under GMAX, I believe. And just sort of the. I mean, it doesn't look good when you're when you need bail. That you're hiding, that right. I mean, it shows um, con- you're hiding that you're guilty, and your you know consciousness of guilt that you're hiding from the from the authorities. Right. Well, and, she uh, just to, to clarify, she is a naturalized citizen of the U.S. and remains a citizen of both the U.K. and France. Okay, so that so that's what they mean. So that would be yeah, the three passports. The three passports, correct. U.K., France, and America. So. Um, yeah, it just reminds me so so much of when someone like Keith Ranieri, you know, was found in Mexico. Right. When they find you like that, it's not a good a good way to get bail. When they have to come knocking down your door, you know, like everybody's been wondering where you are, you know, it's 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 not a good look. Right, especially when you're on, a, you know, some fancy property that nobody knows where you're at hiding in some place nobody's ever heard of before, which is Bradford, New Hampshire. Right, an area to which he has no other known connections, according to the detention memo. So, what do you think about Berman being fired by um, Trump very shortly before this? I think it's very suspicious. It's very odd. But what's also odd is that the grand jury didn't send out anything until June 29th. So it's only three days ago. So once the grand jury okayed this or put the stamp on it she was arrested within three days which makes me think they must have known and been tracking her the whole time just so they were waiting now why Berman got punted I don't know I I mean they were saying that there were other cases he was involved with that were uh, you know that were sensitive to Trump a Giuliani case that's going on in the southern district of New York so Mm -hmm. Trump and his allies there might have been something going on there Whether whether his removal uh, was tied to this whole Maxwell. Maybe he wasn't going to move on Maxwell. I don't know. I don't know what the politics were going on there. But um, the girl Strauss, I think Audrey Strauss is the, the acting uh, attorney general for the Southern District of New York or whatever her title is, but uh, acting United States attorney, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, there's some, it's, it's fraught with intrigue, that's for sure. I, I think we'll hopefully find out in the future what, if Berman says anything. But if you look at the Berman removal, he didn't want to leave. They had to kind of pry him out of there with a, with a crowbar, right? Did you see that whole thing? Like, he wasn't saying, I don't, I'm not fired, I'm not quitting. So, uh, it sounds like yeah. he wasn't, he didn't uh, assent to his removal. And the other thing that uh, was brought up in the press conference journalists asked a really good question which is she's um, has two counts of perjury against her should she choose to should Maxwell choose to cooperate how can the a jury or you trust her um, testimony now has she lost all credibility I don't know I don't know. I don't know if she's lost all. It depends if it comports with the evidence that they've collected now, which you know I think that they write in um, this detention memo that they've they've collected so much evidence about her flight records, diary entries, business records that corroborate victim accounts of events. So uh, whether she flips and actually confirms a lot of that stuff, we'll see. Do you think she will flip? Flip. I don't know. I don't know what kind of deal they would make for her. I think in her situation, she would be she would be turning on a lot of people who wanted her trust. So, I think if she flipped, she there would be a lot of people who would be very, very, very angry. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, imagine her. She's been operating since 1994, all the way till pretty much the present. So 25 years, a quarter century of intrigue. And, I mean, her real story would, like, she would go down in history like one of the great female espionage operators like Matahari or something like that. She's probably seen everything. I mean, who she's mixed with all these celebrities, politicians, you know, scientists, all this stuff. Who should be most afraid today with uh, Maxwell's arrest? <laughs> I mean, I think if I was Alan Dershowitz, I would be sweating. I would be sweating bullets, absolutely. So some of these people who are close to that whole, the core of that whole that whole cabal, I think, would be pretty nervous, depending upon what she decides to do. What her, I'll be interested to see who her attorneys are, whether it's the same ones that represented uh, Epstein. I don't know. We'll see. But what was it? Who, Weingarten. Do you remember offhand who represented Epstein? Was it Weingarten? And there were two guys. Wein, uh-huh. Weingarten, Gartenstein. I can't remember their names offhand. But uh-huh. uh, they, you know, they said that he was fine and he was fought, getting to fight the charges, right? So he, they contradicted uh, the public, you know, the statement that Epstein committed suicide. Well, I know from the Nexium case that the chances of winning against um, the Southern District of New York or the Eastern District of New York in a, a case like this is like ten percent. If that, I think it's actually less. I thought it was like four yeah. percent. Because they're very cautious. The government has unlimited resources and they get all their evidence in in line. So uh, I don't know how she's going to get out of it. I mean, like like we said at the the beginning of this talk is that they're only talking about 1994 to 97. That's just the very inception of this whole, uh, you know, uh, RICO conspiracy. This, you know, this corrupt organization. And no child sex trafficking charges. True. Good point. That was the That's case for Epstein, though, right? So maybe, well, in Epstein's uh, Epstein's complaint or whatever, in his indictment, it was for trafficking girls under the age of fourteen. Remember, those there were two charges, right? So it's this this indictment is definitely different in that regard. And they talk about in this indictment basically just a pattern that she would find these girls. Uh, befriend them, have, ask them about the, their school, their life, take them shopping or to the movies, and then start grooming them, like getting undressed in front of them, talking about sex, and then introducing them to Epstein. Like it was very clear from the um, indictment that, that that she had an MO that she followed with with every victim. Right. And they just mentioned three victims in, in the indictment. But um it's very clear you know, very clear MO and this is just in the beginning. So you can imagine, um I know that um Epstein's housekeeper said that in the ten years that he uh worked there that Maxwell brought in over a hundred girls. Yes, and Farmer said the same thing. So Farmer, who was in Ohio, um, said that she saw over 100 people, like kids and stuff, that she doesn't even know where they went. And she was one of the first people to see the whole operation, you know, really at its, you know, beginning, its gestation. And it's interesting you say that because in Virginia Dufresne's biography, she talks about being how she was groomed. She was actually abused by somebody else, believe it or not. She was abused by somebody else, cast aside, went to go work at Mar-a-Lago, and who walks up to her while she's, like, working at the pool? It's uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Talked to her, found out about her, found out she wanted to be a massage therapist, and there you go. So Maxwell's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know somebody who likes massages. We can help you. And that's how the grooming started, you know? And then right. eventually it was her. I mean, according to uh, Jufre, it was her and Epstein together took her aside at the Lolita Island or whatever down in the Bahamas and asked her they wanted her to have his baby. So right. She was part of it. Yeah. So there's other facts that haven't been brought out. So I, I think that there's a lot of people sweating just maybe just as bad as Epstein when Epstein so- got arrested. What I'm wondering is, is if she flips, are we going to just see the weakest people sort of turned over and exposed and the important people and the important, most powerful people protected 
and kept, you know, she'll keep a lid on those names. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, I think that the fact that she even got arrested, to me, is somewhat surprising. I'm actually pretty surprised. But the consequences of now her being under arrest and not obtaining bail uh, just means that they're really going to be serious about taking her to trial. I think I don't think that the, what is it, the MCC, the, the Metropolitan Jail down there would want to lose another <laughs> victim like that. Yeah, that they use Epstein, right? So I, are people going to let her either commit suicide or be suicided? I don't know. I shouldn't. But I think people will, I mean, if she ends up, uh, something you know some misadventure happens people are just going to be like this is so corrupt even the epstein death is super corrupt so but if i was her she's probably sweating the game you know the game's over she's not getting out of jail she's not going to probably beat any of these charges certainly not the per the perjury charge so that's probably five to ten years right now how old is she 56 58 something like that yeah I think old, older. Are we on the older side, right? I thought yeah. 58. 58 sounds right, yeah. Yeah. So do you think she was just so in love with Epstein that this is what, uh, I mean, she had to do to be partners with him? Or do you think it was like two pedophiles meet and, and they call it love type thing? I don't, I, don't th- I don't think that's what brought them together. I think that they're, they're involved in um, espionage. Absolutely. So I think that's uh-huh. like a certain component of it. It's not just, I mean, I think the front, the front is a front is a front. And then behind it is gathering information on people, getting compromised so, material, pictures, etc. So how does this work? If, if, if they are, and I think you're right, that's always been my theory, is that they're probably involved with the Mossad and, and uh, the CIA. If that worked, okay, so... Well, we know that he was involved with the FBI because Mueller had something, a uh, thing that said that he's, that Epstein was providing information to Mueller in 2008, right? Do you remember that that part of it? I don't remember okay, it. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, let me see if I can find that and dig that up. But it was... Uh, let's see. It's the Federal Bureau of, Bureau of Inst- Investigation from September 18th, 2008. Epstein has also provided information to the FBI as agreed upon. Case agent advised that no federal prosecution will occur in this matter as long as Epstein continues to uphold his agreement with the state of Florida. And that was from rough date, 9-11-2008. Interesting. Yeah, so... Um, so and all, so how about, does that work, though? If, if they have intelligence secrets and they were part of... Intel, I mean, part of this was, say, entrapping different people in a honey trap, uh, you know blackmail etc how does that work when when you have a trial or not a trial or an indictment like this well i don't know if it's even a part i don't think it'll be a part of this proceeding i don't unless the her defense wants to bring it up uh i don't think that the espionage aspect of this will be brought up because it's not really material to the criminal acts that they were involved in and in, in regard i would think in regards to the indictment by the SDNY um, because they didn't bring anything up in this indictment. They didn't bring anything up regarding espionage or blackmail. They were just, it was talking about the abuse of kids. So I don't think that, I don't think that that will, that will necessarily necessarily be a part of it. And I think that's a shame in, in a sense, because I think that's the, that's the core component of what was going on and all these things. I mean, it's pretty clear that Epstein didn't even own the mansion that was in the, uh, the Upper East Side of Manhattan. That it was Les Wexner's, and he sold it to him for a dollar, and the whole thing was wired up. And Virginia Dufresne said as much that there were secret rooms being manned by dudes she didn't know, looking at videos constantly. So uh, it's like a James Bond movie. I mean, there's another one, Lex Wexner. I mean, where right. is where's that guy? Right. Good point. I mean, according to some researchers, he's really the key operator he was the guy who recruited epstein and then jelaine maxwell's dad robert maxwell super spy um you know so she knows the how to be a triple agent really so you sell off something to somebody good information but you keep the core information to yourself like robert maxwell not his real name i think it was abraham laszlo is really his given name um you know uh was involved in all kinds of shenanigans 
Right. There's actually a really interesting in in uh, Robert Maxwell's FBI file. There's some a lot of inference because he started something called Pergamon Press. Pergamon uh-huh. in Christianity in the Book of Revelation is where Satan's uh, seat is. Like it references okay. Pergamon, and uh, it's actually was in Asia Minor or Turkey right now. But uh, there is an article. Somebody is sending something to Prescott Bush, the you know scion of the Bush dynasty, and asking him about, hey, is this guy okay? What's going on with Robert Maxwell? What's the story? He wants to publish my. You know, scientific manuals. That's what the Pergamon Press really started out as, as a scientific manual publisher. And that's that's really how it got started. But it's interesting to see um, that even back then people were asking questions about Maxwell. And, you know, he ended up dead and off, what was it, uh, Mallorca or something like that? He was, he jumped off his boat or was oh, thrown okay. off his boat, depending on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. I mean, it's a perfect place. If you want to meet somebody without anybody noticing, you do it on a boat, right? So maybe there was a meeting that went south. Nobody knew, you know, nobody knows what the story was found floating in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's an important element. And it's really, I think in this court case will be a subtext. I don't, it's obviously not brought up yet. So uh, I can't imagine her defense would even want to bring that up because it would probably be more damning for her. If the jury or anybody, if she goes to a jury, I think she'll just take one for the team and probably plead guilty at a certain point. I don't think they can risk more information coming out. Right. I really so, don't. yeah, I guess that's what my, my question is sort of like a larger question is, is this a trial to, to satisfy the, I mean, is this indictment to satisfy the public? I think in and part. And close this up as, as, seal it up as quickly and uh as possible i don't know i don't know if it's going to be sealed up because i do think it's a part of satisfying public outrage i think that's probably why she was arrested like i've made the statement in some interviews like why hasn't she been arrested why didn't she get arrested with epstein uh she's they're clearly together for 25 years yeah Right. right. Why didn't she get arrested when Epstein, you know, the way Nexium, they all, you know, went down yeah, around the same time. Prosecuted I mean, by the SD, uh, Southern District of New York as well. So they had a totally different approach towards these two than Nexium. So, and I think it's because Maxwell and Epstein have way more juice and way more connected. And there's famous people around them with, you know, used to have gravitas, maybe Dershowitz or whatever. So, uh I think that they were probably gun shy. Right. I mean, doesn't it seem more, lo- I mean, it just seems more logical to me that they would be charged as co-conspirators. So what I, why isn't there a RICO charge, right? Racketeering, racketeering right. influence, corrupt organization. Why aren't other people involved? I mean, now that Maxwell and Epstein are now, why are these other people? Because you can read about all of these other individuals. I mean, you had three different girls in three different places. Farmer, I think her name was Ransom and Jufrey separately said that and in writing in there two of them made affidavits davids that dershowitz was around all the time and worked as a business partner according to G, uh, g Frey in her biography she said epstein uh, was in business with dershowitz not as a an attorney so, and it, he was served as an attorney in 20 2007 2008 he was part of the defense team but he's hanging around with epstein and and dershowitz is not as cleverly avoided those questions about how well he knew uh, Epstein and how how chummy they really were. But industrial levels of child trafficking and it wasn't some, you know, one-off. They were just churning through kids, man, for 25 years. Hundreds of kids. Hundreds and hundreds of kids. Some, you know, out of Venezuela. Like, crazy stuff. Right. And, and um, here's another question that I have for you. Where is she getting all her money? If she's a, you know, uh, if she's like a, you know, what do you call it? A socialite and doing all this stuff. Why does she have 15 different accounts, one of which has $20 million in it? Why does Jeffrey Epstein right. have a half a billion with really not that much financial uh, weight? I mean, there's no, not a lot of paperwork. There's not a lot of court, fi- not filings, but all of the SEC filings are very few. So why does he have a half a billion dollars? There's a lot of questions there. I have a question from the chat. Um, do you think this is part of the minor attracted person's agenda, the mainstreaming streaming of pedophilia? 
Oh, I I don't think it's I don't think it's mainstreaming. I think that there was quiet. It was kept quiet and hush hush and in the know until it kind of blew up. If you remember, this whole I mean, it wasn't very well. Um, in that, I mean, uh, the media didn't really cover the 2008 Jeffrey Epstein thing, at least to my memory. Maybe it was a footnote, but it definitely didn't hit national media. But it really took off after Julie K. Brown wrote that three-section article in the Miami Herald. That's really when it took off. And there were other people investigating. Derek Bros and some of these early guys were definitely talking about it. But um, So to say that it's some kind of, like, this is normalization... Well, maybe amongst uh-huh. that class, they clearly were operating at the highest levels of society. You know, it's not like they were. The, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, by all accounts, was a snob. You know, she was a uh, a child of wealth, privilege. Also, people have been asking why is it why isn't Bill Clinton going down in this? Good question. There's a lot of questions. I mean, I have an answer to the Bill Clinton thing is because his reputation is already so poor that no one's surprised. Right. Yeah, nobody's surprised. After right? Monica Lewinsky and you know a million uh, scandals he's been involved with, you know, uh, it, it didn't surprise anyone. It didn't surprise anybody. So, um, yeah, there's there's uh, I, I don't think that that quite, I don't think that that's really. I would I would look at Hollywood or some of these other people as normalizing that kind of map stuff, but I don't think people would want that public you know normalization. This is a little off topic, but I mean, have you noticed on on YouTube now that <laughs> any kind of mainstream video, it, it's it reminded me of um, Brighton Beach memoirs with the whispering of illnesses now like uh, pedophilia, those kind of words, abuse. Sexual abuse have now all been kind of bleeped out of videos. Yeah, no, to I, avoid I, yeah. the YouTube <laughs> algorithm. Yeah. yeah, right. So you can't even use those words anymore. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It's very odd, so and I don't understand. Changed, right? Right. Didn't YouTube just make this big push to have the separate YouTube for children, and everything's being marked for adults now? Yes. So if that's true. Yes. Why can't I? I don't understand how. how uh, how these kind of words are getting flagged in the context that they're getting flagged and how that would be dangerous unless unless I start thinking in a conspiratorial way that they don't want us talking about these topics and why not you know right I, I don't know but I know that they have definitely made that push like is this I and my YouTube channel it's like is this friendly to kids that's a that's like a uh, box you have to check now and, right. Uh, so there, there's definitely that concern. I can tell you that they don't do a very good job protecting kids at all. <laughs> I'd say that they do an atrocious, atrocious job. But uh, that's what they're at least you know trying to cover themselves with now. But uh, yeah. Right, and the things that they do think are right are appropriate. I mean, you know, my values and YouTube's don't seem to be uh, the same. Likewise, I guess. <laughs> um. Another question: Will she be de- deported? Oh, I, oh, I think she would hope to be deported, but I don't think she's getting out of jail in the U.S. anytime soon. I don't think there's any other criminal complaints against her in any other nation, so I don't think so. Okay, off topic. Uh, Sneaky Pete says: uh, Is Hillary Rodham Clinton possibly going to court in September for crimes against children? Not that I know. I haven't heard that. I, so Have do you, you think Biden? Yeah. I I heard she was supposed to be deposed for her uh, or email. Uh, go to court for her emails. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think so. But I haven't been following closely. Is it is that a uh, is that judicial watch? Is that a judicial watch suit? I don't know. I don't know any. I know the most superficial. That's uh, pretty much that sentence is pretty much everything I, I know about it. That's just what I've heard, but I yeah. I, I can't verify. I haven't followed it either. Yeah. Um. I guess my other other question is Biden affected by this? If we go from the Clintons to Biden. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, is this really like a, a trafficking ring that crosses both parties, or is it only a, a 
there because Clinton and some of these other people. I didn't see anything with Biden on the Epstein uh, materials. So how that influences it. I mean, if there's a political change, you know, this prosecution could just be done away with. So um, the president has the right to appoint any U.S. attorney that he wants to or fire. So uh, if if Biden came in and, and... for whatever reason wanted to end it this could the prosecution of maxwell could end the public would probably just go apoplectic i think i think because uh, i think that like you said the public opinion really wanted this to take place or her arrest to take place and prosecution so i mean their crimes are grotesque and i think they actually have worse crimes than even the record shows how far they're involved in organ trafficking drug running gun running all that stuff, and it would explain their uh, significant amounts well, of wealth. So that's interesting. Yeah, so you only saw part of it. You a lot of the people who are talking are the girls who were abused, right? But mm-hmm. there may be other things involved, and these guys are uh, have all kinds of tendrils or tentacles all over. And there's stories. I think there was one about him meeting uh, Epstein meeting with one gun runner. I remember reading that back when the story was much more hot last year, but. You know, I don't know the totality of that, and I don't know if some of those people were, will ever give testimony in a court of law. So, I don't. Well, it's like the producer Ar- Arnon Milchin got a uh, movie producer got outed as a Mossad agent, and he was getting um, the director Stan uh, Sidney Pollack, right? He was in Eyes Wide Shut. Is that who I'm Sydney, thinking that's of? That's right. Yep, that's right. Yep. Into gun running. Really, there's a big article about about it. Yeah, right, Milchin was involved in getting nuclear, um, what is it, detonators for uh, Israel. I mean, so these guys, they're, they're operating that's on different levels. What's that? I mean, that's what, I mean, I think people always ask, well, why aren't these things out there? Why are, they are, a lot of these things are, are out, out there. there yeah. You know, I think people always say about conspiracies, well, Somebody would have to talk, but a lot of times they do talk. Like, for example, right? um, I'm trying to think of the writers who wrote about um, the Watergate and Deep Throat. um, Woodward and Bernstein. Right. One of their kids, I can't remember, I think it was um, Bernstein's kid, went to summer camp and told everybody at summer camp who Deep Throat was. Really? Wow. You know, it didn't didn't, didn't make it to the mainstream media somehow. I don't know. You know, so it's like sometimes people do talk and and either it gets in the press and and it doesn't get picked up. I mean, look at the Cosby story. Look how long that slept on. Wow. And look at Epstein. There's another perfect example where, you know, it was out there. You were out there. A couple other people were out there following the story. But, you know, and then it broke like it was a new story. Right. I mean, I think people didn't know the enormity because even at first blush, it's like, oh, something funny is going on in Miami. And then you hear about the mansion in New York. Oh, something funny is happening in Miami and New York. Oh, and then this island. And you see part of that through like Crazy Days and Nights is reporting on all these celebrities down there. And then you hear about Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> you know, it just goes on and on. And then you have these weird flights and then they have a plane that... You can, you know, that type of plane that you can drop a ladder off the back while it's flying. <laughs> who, who in the world would want that unless somebody was trying to do drops? I mean, it's off the charts. These guys are involved in all kinds of stuff. So, do you see a a, a, a link between your research into Crowley and your research into Epstein? A little bit. There's a little bit of an overlap. I mean, pretty clearly. Uh, I from that little temple that's on the little island of St. James. It's blue and gold and had like a statue of Horus and these other Greek gods on it, at least initially the hawk-headed god. And there's other stories. I mean, I think Jufre said that Jelaine Maxwell had a black cloak in her closet that she knew of and all kinds of weird... I mean, it gets pretty dark if you read her biography, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there is something strange going on. There's a, li- I mean, there's definitely that uh, patina of some kind of occultism these guys were involved in. I mean, how to- how total it was, and it seemed like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that the people that Epstein hung out with were like materialist, scientistical, 
Darwin and Darwin types, you know, Pinker, Krauss, these other guys that uh, are fairly well known. And uh, I think that that's their, that, that was kind of his outlook. So. Uh, dystopian Deep Dives um, is asking, what, what do you think of the temple and the sundial? Right. So, I mean, there's that. There's a sundial on his property in Santa Fe. He was uh, affiliated in giving money to, the, I think it was the Santa Fe Foundation, which was kind of like a think tank in Santa Fe, which if you go to their website, they have a friggin' monolith, like from 2001, which I did a lot of research on, read Arthur C. Clarke and all this stuff, and kind of covered it in a cult Hollywood, my documentary. I mean, there's, there is definitely an overlap, and the problem is that people don't really sniff it out or look for it. But she said, I think that if I remember Jufre, when she was going down the secret corridor... Um, in between levels at his mansion, there was a, a uh, statue of Pan, the god Pan, right? So you oh. have all this, yeah. So she's how is that? Can you I, can you describe um, a little bit why Pan is significant? Right. So, I mean, in the occult, Pan is the representation. Like you goes all the way back, but it's like Prometheus. It's like a representation of the devil, right? So the, you have the great god Pan, the god of the hunt or the forest or whatever. And uh, so it's just something that people would use as a symbol. Like if you go to Rockefeller Center, uh, you'll see the gilded Prometheus, right? So Prometheus is another symbolic representation of Lucifer. And so like Crowley wrote Hymn to Pan, that's probably his most famous poem is Hymn to Pan. But, uh, you know, something Jack Parsons used to recite during rocket launch and the launches and... Uh, so, so you just—it's it's just a common theme, I would say, in the occult—is this representation of the half? I think it's half man, half goat pan. Mm-hmm. And what do you make of um, John Brisson says that uh, Epstein had major connections to the scientific elite? Yeah, just like I said. So, like Krauss, uh, Pinker—I mean, he was definitely integrating himself. If you look at like those old pictures of him, he was at some. I mean, he was clearly integrating himself at these kind of like think tanks, like I talked about this one in Santa Fe, but there was the Monterey one where, I mean, the Sergey Brin is there, Wojiki or whatever you pronounce her last name, the head of YouTube is there. So he's mixing with all those. These guys are pictured together, you know, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions there. Um, so I think that he was definitely trying, I mean, and we can get into Joy Ito at... Uh, in Boston at, what was it, MIT, right? So he was take, giving money there. So he was integrating and, and corrupting and getting himself into these places. And I think Joy Ito actually had to quit because of his affiliation. And they were he, it seemed like he was covering for him. I don't remember that part of the story. But, yeah, that integration into the scientific elite is there for, for certain. What do you know about Epstein's relationship with Bill Gates? Well, that's another good... I mean, he's pictured together, right? But I think uh-huh. that there was the allegation is that he was... He and Elaine Maxwell were acting as pimps for Bill Gates and set him up on a date. Well, if you want to call it a date, with two sweet... Like a mother-daughter Swedish couple pair. Uh, have you heard? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely some... And that's just another integration of, you know, a techno-elite person is Bill Gates. And uh, so, yeah, I mean... And Bill Gates just released that, uh, or Microsoft just released that ad that got pulled. Right, with uh, the witch, what, Abramovich? Abramovich, yeah. The spirit cooker. So you can see all these ties, right? So then you go to the Podesta emails with Abramovich, the spirit cooking, to uh, Microsoft, to, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And they pulled that, like, within a day. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, there, there's just allegations. There's stories of uh, things taking place at that island. There's, I mean, trafficking, things being brought in. I mean, it was like a, parad- you know, a garden of earthly delights or whatever. So people would get their, whatever their thing was, you know. That was seemed like that was what was going on down there. Is And they could do it in a what they thought was a private environment, right? But they were be- mm-hmm. probably being filmed the whole time. Every single one of them being blackmailed I mean it's interesting too like there were stories that were published on CDAN like somebody was trying to get that material like they were they I think uh, Epstein and 
Maxwell had some property in Mexico with a safe and they went to that property and their safe had been carved out of the stone. Like they put it in the stone and somebody showed up and just took all the stone around the safe and the whole thing was missing. There's just a big hole in the rock where their safe was. So people were trying to, uh, there were interested parties trying to, you know, make sure that they could cover up or get any blackmail material from these two. Yes, assuming that story's correct. Right. Speaking of that blackmail, so do you think, I'm trying to put myself in Ghislaine Maxwell's headspace. And if I were she, she had to know this is coming, right? I, do you think she was... Well, that's a good point. I mean, I think that she had to have anticipated, but why is she in the U.S.? Why didn't she go somewhere with no extradition? Why didn't she stay in France? Did somebody lure her to the U.S.? Why Why is that, right? Epstein got arrested in what? Was he arrested in June and died in July? Or I mean, in 2019? Right. And mm-hmm. according to this detention memo, she didn't buy her property in New Hampshire till December of 2019. So she's clearly moving around and people want to know where she is. Like, why did she end up back trying to operate in the U.S.? Not thinking that she couldn't get busted? I don't know. Is it overconfidence? It's the same thing as Epstein. Why is Epstein traveling to Titoboro Airport when people are asking questions about him, you know, knowing his background. Like, are, do you guys have that much confidence that you can't get busted? Right. Would she promise protection by someone? And now that now that she's been arrested, is she going to be making calls to her most powerful friends and working, using some of the blackmail stuff she has against them to get to gain favors? Good point. Was Epstein doing the same thing, right? So, you know, in all that time between the time he was arrested and, and died, wasn't he, do you think he was trying to call in his chits, his chips, you know? Like, hey, I, I got this, I need your help, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. That's the thing I, I wonder most about is the phone, Epstein's phone records. Who was he talking to before he died? Because unlike the rest of the American public, um, unfortunately, at the, the unpopular position that he committed suicide... Uh, even my mother disagrees with me, but I, I think that it was a kind of suicide. Like, now's your time to do it, kind of thing. Like an or- ordered suicide. Like, right, kind of like, kind of like the Godfather. Like, hey, you can right. this money can be kept. Exactly, your family can do it. Right. So just Who do was it. Who he talking to? And how was it? How how were the circumstances created um, so that he could do it with such ease? That's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, and that's what I think is disappointing. I guess I've been disappointed with the Nexium trial in that all the enablers sort of walk away unscathed and a few people go down and a lot of questions aren't answered, you know, still. Yes. I like, mean, who, who, who let this go on for so long? And what did people know? That's the... that's a great question. I mean, you wonder kind of what the government's really doing, right? Because it seems to me that even the Epstein case and Maxwell are driven by public conversation. Like, people were pissed. Like, what's Epstein doing? Why is this guy going around? Why are these kids being raped? You know, what's going on? And that, I think, led to, like, oh, we should bust him. It's the same thing with, like, Ed Buck, you know, this whole kind of... Uh, murder of black men out in LA and I think his arrest really took place because people were outraged like what's going on with this guy in West Hollywood with a bunch of meth and two two men get brought out of his apartment you know dead um, so I think that uh, yeah they what was, that, what was that guy's name again Ed Buck Ed... B-U-C-K okay. yeah and there's pictures right. of him with Hillary Clinton Ted Lieu my congressman all kinds of stuff man so he was definitely kind of in there but I mean and there there's rumors about him too and his criminality but you kind of just wonder what's going on. I mean, who's running the counter intel? Who's running the FBI at that part? I mean, was it? I think it was Stroke who was, who was the head of counterintelligence for the FBI from 2008 to 2016, right? Or something like that. Uh-huh. So, I mean, if you look at his capabilities and uh, competence, you know, there's a lot of head scratching there. So, I have a great question for you okay. from Georgia. How was Maxwell able to transfer over a million dollars without the federal gov- government taking notice? 
And then she says, if I try to pay, I'm sorry, it's in a weird spot, try to pay my credit card, I think she's saying. Like my bank, you know, basically throws up a flag. How are you able to transfer that amount of money? Great question. I mean, they're clearly moving money back around. I mean, that's what this Maxwell detention memo says. She's sending money to Epstein. He's sending it back to her. Um, So there's clearly some kind of laundering or something going on. And I don't know. I don't. How did they get away with this stuff for so long? That's the whole thing, you know. I, uh, is is that the way that our government is now run? That if people have political pull or they know politicians, they're above the law, and that's why they're mm-hmm. brazen about their criminality because of their connections, and that prosecutions are based upon who you know and who's in power. Because if that's the case, we're in deep trouble, man. It does. That's for all Republicans and all Democrats, because. These two certainly operated like they were above the law. I mean, look at look, have, you know, look at Epstein's first first conviction in his charge. You know, they only charged him. They moved and got some kid, so he didn't get convicted for raping a kid under fourteen, right? So it was like uh, somebody under sixteen. So they found one of his victims who was old enough to get him a light sentence, and the whole thing was just it was it was grotesque. So. If you had to predict how this is going to go down with Maxwell, uh, what would you say? What would your prediction be? I would think that that nobody will let her go to trial. I think that if she wanted to save her butt, she would plead guilty to something and and make a deal. So I don't think there'll be a trial. Um, I think that uh, she'll get the message that she should just plead guilty and go away. And... uh, that would be my guess. I don't think that if if she got murdered in jail um, or something bad happened to her in jail, it would just be so outrageous that mm-hmm. the entire system would have to come into question, the entire justice system. So I think that I would suspect her just to not go to trial, plead guilty to something, and you know, end up in jail for 10, 15, 20 years and hopefully get a abbreviated sentence and get out. That would be my guess. I mean, it's so hard. There's so many unknowns in this that it's hard to predict. But if I had to predict, I would say that she's a very cocky woman, given that she lied, uh, uh, committed perjury in such a grand, blatant, huge way that I would think that she will wait until they come down with a second indictment and then cooperate. Then cooperate, yeah. I, I would I would That's my that's my prediction. I would, if I had to predict it. I would say knows? she wouldn't co- I don't think she'll cooperate. I think she'll just take the charges and go and take her take her, you know, go to jail for five to seven years. I think that that would be my guess. And just try to save herself because if they went to trial and actually asked her questions and got witnesses on the stand and then found out she perjured herself more because they only have two perjury, perjury charges on the deposition, then it's like even worse. Then she's just going to get more and more indictments. So there could there uh, could be, it could just get worse for her, much worse. Like we said at the beginning, this is only 94 to 97. <laughs> there's, there's so much more evidence. Right. So I think that she's going to just take one for the team. Just you know, I think you're probably right. I hope if she's smart. Honestly, I mean, if you were going to cooperate. Who else would go down? Who would you be looking at? All the people who were who were associated with her. If she really wants to tell the truth, all those young girls that were kind of her was it Sarah Kellen and some of these other people who were involved. I mean, you're looking at a racketeering influence corrupt organization charges. Like, these guys are in the know. They're involved in multiple bad acts, multiple crimes, mm-hmm. transporting across international and state lines, federal, you know, jurisdiction. Um, it could be anybody involved in people we may not, may not even know, to be honest with you, that, that were really involved. That uh, financing, who owned the boats, you know, who... Who facilitated all these things? So should uh, George is asking? Uh, will will uh, she toss Andrew? Basically, I mean, should An- Prince Andrew be worried at all? I mean, I think that I think that, like I said, I think she'll just take the she'll just plead out and go to jail. I think that's really yeah. I mean, so so obvious that Prince Andrew is not. They're not going to arrest. He's not going to come to the U.S. Yeah, he's he's above the law, man. 
I mean, they'll want him to come and give a statement, and then they'd arrest him right on the spot. So he's never coming to the U.S. The royal family's going to, you know, demote him in a variety of ways, and he'll just live out the rest of his life there as, as somebody who's stained by being involved in a sex trafficking operation and being gullible and dumb enough not to see it for what it was. You know? Okay, one last question, and then I want to talk about your documentaries for a second. Okay. Um, Lee Veltman is asking, off topic, I would love to hear William's thoughts on the recent stuff with Shane Dawson. Have you been following that? I, a little bit. I mean, he was definitely... Lily Jean and the whole yeah, drama. I don't, I don't. I haven't followed it in that great a detail, but if, if somebody without his name did it, I think that they would be uh, canceled to the nth degree, right? Kicked off of YouTube, have their channel cut, shut off. So I don't know why he got a pass or a buy for doing stuff like that. But uh, I don't know the real, what's the full story? I know he did something about Will Smith's kid, right? Like something very sexual. Right. He had these, all these old videos where he's doing blackface and he's constantly talking about pedophilia and doing videos where he's um, talking about basically uh, molesting an underage boy being his first gay. I mean, you know, with music. Wow. <laughs> so... But also, I mean, I mean, wasn't he gay? Isn't Shane Dawson gay? He's gay, but the video has him uh, in drag as sort of like a 50s maybe housewife with a underage boy, clearly underage boy. On the video. Baking the shaped cookies, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, that's not good. Yeah, I, that's not good. I've always followed it because I've always been interested in, in the fact that these men on the internet rule the beauty world <laughs> you know um, and so I was very interested that he could just you know make millions of dollars selling selling makeup Yeah, um, I, I haven't really followed him that much I don't know that much about YouTube influencers but I can tell you if he wasn't making YouTube money he would probably have been cancelled right uh, it's pretty shocking I think I thought yeah, he did, very... did I thought he did something where he was did Something about him wanting to have in you know carnal relations with Will Smith's kid. Maybe that was a different case. Yeah, no, that too. That's him too. Okay, because I heard that's just that's the part true. that I heard. There's so many. I mean, okay. there's so many uh, disturbing videos with him, and he was you know making these went monetized for years and years and years, so and crazy. he got on the H three H three podcast saying, "Oh, it's a terrible rumor that that." Um, that uh, I got labeled a pedophile. It was awful with no merit, you know, and they just accepted that answer. That's so crazy like, okay. because I can't get any of my shows monetized and I don't even use coarse language and it's just all audio. It's crazy. It's a double standard right. that YouTube is off the charts. I'm surprised that there's not a huge class action lawsuit against them for uh, some very subjective content allowances because they're defunding tons of people who are benign as heck like i got friends with huge channels that never swear they're just talking about current issues myself included right. like maybe some of mine are very controversial but some of them are just like history i'm <laughs> reading a history book i can't get it monetized it's off the charts it doesn't it's make sense scary. it's really scary and you know what it's you know scary. i'll let you in on something when i i was using youtube i had a backup channel right so i was uploading to each one and I would upload the same thing to each channel at the same time, and one would get monetized, and one would not get monetized. So I have incontrovertible proof that YouTube's uh, monetization scheme is purely subjective. Because I can show it from my own channel, my own two channels. The same content, same duration, one gets monetized, one doesn't. Interesting. So can we, you have new documentaries out. Um, can you talk about them a yeah, little bit? Yeah. Um, I put out three recently. I did a follow-up to the Smiley Face Killers one, which is the global slaughter continues. I show that these cases of young men is happening much more all over the world than just the U.S. And I include, include cases from France and Netherlands, Germany. Um, so that's a, these are all available on Vimeo. Uh, that was titled Smiley Face Killers. The Global Slaughter continues. Then I did another one on Crowley, which is kind of an adjunct to my book about him. It's Alistair Crowley, 
uh, 9-11, uh, Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11, and the New World Order. And then I just put out one last month, which or in June, which was a, a kind of a corollary to my book, Children of the Beast. So a lot more visual stuff. It's long. It's about two hours and 45 minutes. But I think you can just see visually what's going on. I think it helps sometimes. Like, I like to learn things uh, through audio-visual and reading as well. So you kind of can see the kind of breadth that Aleister Crowley's had, uh, largely unknown upon the 20th century. So those three are out. And I'm just kind of working on other stuff as well. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I binge-watched A Cold Hollywood oh, too, yeah. and uh, Children of the Beast documentary back-to-back. Uh, <laughs> back. It, was, it was excellent. Good. Really, really interesting stuff. Okay. Well put together. And um, so I recommend um, anyone... And it's even not, it's not particularly my, you know, my interest, but I was fascinated by it. I thought it was great. Good. I'm glad you liked really it. really enjoyed it. I'm glad. They're reasonably so, priced. They're like $5 each, so it's not uh, prohibitively expensive to stream them. If you've got free time, you can check them out. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, and, you know, and I think for a little bit more you can own them, which, it's true. you know, they're an excellent reference. Um yeah, my books are actually now available on my website, WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. So if people want signed copies of my books, you can order it there at my website, which I finally Excellent. put back up. I, I got burnt Excellent. out sending so, out books. Yeah, so anyway. So um, we'll be watching this closely, and hopefully COVID will uh, open up and they'll ha actually start to get um, have court so I can mm -hmm. go in person. The Nexium trial's on hold right now. Um, so, so isn't she supposed to be uh, video arraigned? Because I thought it was going to happen today, but uh, sometime next week, I, I guess. It, I thought it was from New, her New Hampshire. Some short, very short arraignment oh, happened. Okay. I thought well, it knew. Oh. I was just reading a little Twitter feed of it. It sounded like nothing happened, really. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was just sort of like... A, I actually had more sort of lawyer questions for you about it. <laughs> like, well, I don't know if I can answer. Wait, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> she's going to plead not guilty to begin with, right? She just it's Definitely. a formality. Definitely. So, thank. Um, anything else that I missed? Or no, not really. I just think it's an interesting case. I think people should keep uh, a hawk eye focus on it because. It could be very interesting. If she decides she thinks she's going to go to trial and fight this, I think she's in the, she's digging her own either figurative or literal grave. Yeah, I agree. And uh, just quickly, are you going to do a uh, Joe Rogan expose episode part two? I should. I really should. There's more information I didn't cover, but I did do uh, one where I talked with Valleybus about there's something funny about Joe Rogan, which, you know, we kind of just, I think our conclusion was he's clearly structuring some of his talks because he had this guy, this uh, chef for uh, Jeffrey Epstein on. He never asked him an Epstein question. It was Michael, and no, it was Adam Scott Perry or something was his name. But he, I mean, uh, Jufre mentions him by name in her wow. book that she, he was working for Epstein at his mansion, Scott Perry now runs kind of a steakhouse here uh, near the Pantages Theater in Hollywood, but uh, never asked him a question, not a single one. And it's, it's crazy, too, because he's done, Rogan has done so much kind of extemporaneous conversation about Epstein with his friends and as part of his, his broadcast, so it was pretty surprising well, to the, admit that. When the Nexium story broke, he he defended um, Ranieri wow. and the cult. And he said that this was some kind of BDSM club, uh, club and uh, these women had a libertarian right to be abused if they liked it. It was all and I mean, be branded, be branded with a hot branded like, laser. abuse. Yeah. What if they they were into it? I mean, his reaction was so off the charts absurd. Did you cover hear of the recent attempts to cancel him with uh, his conversation with Joey Diaz? No. Oh, well, that's probably good that you didn't hear that because. Uh, it was bad. They, uh, there was a conversation between those two ten years ago, where Joey Diaz was saying, as a I think he was a bouncer or something, that he would require sexual favors from women to get in it, and uh, Rogan just laughed along with it. And and Diaz said he did it yeah. to like twenty to twenty five women. 
Wow. Um, well, thank you. I think we've done it, right? Yeah, I think uh, so. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else there is to, to say about that. What, is there anything you'd like to finish up with? Questions. What's that? Right? It's, more, it's, it's just questions. All we yeah. can do is questions. ask questions yes. right now. I yeah. mean, we have a little information, but it's it's like, really, it's like a jigsaw puzzle where we only have some of the pieces. Yeah. So there's these big gaps. There's a lot more to that story, you know. I, I wonder if the true story of these two the bot the international man and woman of mystery will fully ever be told probably not i don't think so i really think it'll be like you know jfk and a couple other things did you hear did you hear that that uh the original attorney published a book on epstein the guy i can't remember his name right now um uh was it no i can't remember the tennis player Attorney, do you remember that guy? No. Um, let me see if I can find it. It's uh oh, not boys. It was the original guy from from um from Florida. Do you remember that guy's name? I do. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, he was the original attorney that the yeah. victims came to. Yeah, that yeah, that guy. He just published a book. Is he getting Brad, interviews? Brad or? Edwards. Brad Edwards right. is his name. So he's now the head of Edwards Pottinger. But his, yeah, let's see. What does he have to do with tennis? I just remember him because he was like a top tennis player before he became an attorney. Oh, okay. So that's, okay. that's like in my mind, that's oh. like the mnemonic I remember, try to remember his name. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, let me see if I can find the title of the book. Relentless Pursuit, My Fight for the Victims of Jeffrey Epstein, Bradley J. Edwards. If you get a chance, you should uh, interview him. March 31st, 2020, it came out. He has 53 five-star reviews, so it must be good. Excellent. Yeah, you should interview Excellent. him. That would be a good interview. I would listen to Definitely. that. Definitely. Okay. All right. Oh, thank you, William Ramsey. It was always such a such a pleasure talking to you. It's great to talk with you as well. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>